Welcome to Moment Talk. I'm your co-host, Shiso Moore. For today's guest, we have Super Sang. He's a director, film producer. He directed Pan Dao, The Rose Cloth, done most of Yasmin's music video, collaboration with Online on Love, a creative producer with Spirit Besides Me, odds and ends American short films, also odds and ends of commercial shoots, um, some of the latest Sun and Rush music videos, and lastly, he produces ZPX music video on YouTube. Um, he's going to go on about talking about relationship, courting, and dating. Well, because he's a dating coach. We also save the best for last because we talk about his own personal failed relationship. So stay for the very end for that. But first, let's thank our sponsors. Today's sponsor is brought to you by She Sells Menwear. Are you looking for the latest trendy men's fashion? Look no further. She Sells Menswear carries handcrafted bow ties, ties, suit accessories, and everyday streetwear. They're your one-stop, mall-inspired men's shop. You can search them online at www.xixomenswear.com. We are super excited today, guys. I'm your co-host, Shiso Moore, and we have a guest. It's Super Sang. He's from the Midwest, and uh, he has a lot to talk about of, about dating and relationships. But let's jump into it, man. How's it going? How's it going, Super Sang? It's going great, Shiso. I appreciate you uh, welcoming me on your on your show, and uh, I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited to share um, a little bit about what I do and um, uh, most importantly, um, I enjoy helping others. Oh, love it, man. I can't wait. We're going to talk about relationships. But first, let's go back a little bit. You and I, we were, I first met you in Mo New Year about a couple years back in Twin City. that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, you are a film photographer, filming. You've done quite some work. You've been a producer or not collaborative. Uh, producer with for Yasmin and Gideon and some of these big films. Yes, uh, I've been involved in a few uh, Hmong American films um, as well as um, American films too. Um, but uh, most of my recent projects has been uh, smaller projects like music videos and um, uh, advertising and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. That's great. I've seen some of your work and keep it up, man. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. But first. You are a Marine. Yes, -Marine. Uh, yes I am. Ooh-rah, <laughs> yes. man. Ooh-rah. <laughs> Semper Fi, do or die. I see. You, uh, you, you served in Iraq? Yes, I did. Uh, I served in Iraq 2003 through 2004. Again, thank you for your service, man. Absolutely, sir. Yes, I, I, would, uh, I enjoyed it. And I would, if I was young again, I certainly would do it all over. No kidding. No gut, no glory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, besides being a photographer and filming, you're a dating coach? Why don't you tell us a bit more about the dating coach workshop, Minnesota Nights? What is it that you do, man? Absolutely. So, um, uh, the whole dating idea, I, I, I had to um, – I, I actually stumbled across it. It wasn't something that I was set out to do as, as one of my uh, purposes in life. Um, but I do enjoy helping others. And in this particular case, I enjoy helping uh, other guys such as myself who has been in, in uh, bad relationships or, or come out of long-term relationships that were totally clouded and lost. Um, but the idea of Minnesota Nights came about in early, um, 
early July of this year. And I finally just set it out to make it a mission to turn it into a business. Um, it is a business. Uh, it, it is a mentorship program. Uh, but most importantly, it is an events and activities group. Then, so the group, uh, Minnesota Knights, has a focus, and the focus is men, the topic of men. And so it's open to all genders, uh, male and female. So uh, we're not excluding anyone. And uh, we, we also welcome um, men and women from all statuses. So whether you're single, you're in a committed relationship, or in, um, in a marriages. And so it, I believe that just by learning um, a lot of the social skills and the dynamics of any relationship would definitely improve your current state. It sounds like a job for Hmong version Mr. Hitch. <laughs> yes and no. Um, there, it's unlike Hitch. You know, Hitch is a fairy tale. Um, a lot of the ideals that they express in that film is is not real. It's not practical. Um, uh, but what I do teach is is very real. Um, it, it is um, it's human live human interaction and again learning the dynamics of any relationship um, and also most importantly it is designed for individuals so that they can structure their lifestyle lifestyle their relationships in their particular order and way and so um, the outcomes and possibilities are infinite for sure communication it sounds like a key here now mm -hmm. speaking of that do you always have these type of social skills with, with the ladies or is this that something you develop later on your way, on your path or after a few relationships of your own? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to say that it's all of one thing or the other. I think for me, it's always been a mixture of both. And so naturally I'm just an open and social person. Um, I can remember as far as the, as, uh, being in grade school, like in kindergarten, first grade, I've always been fascinated with, with girls. And so I've always had a lot of uh, female friends as, as my friends. And um, it, it became uh, natural for me to just talk to women and talk to girls. But it wasn't until I, um, I got out of my marriages. I was married twice. And so it, my first marriage, when I got out of it, I had to relearn what I what I was so used to growing up with. And so by having to relearn it, I had to resort to, you know, technical uh, game. And this, for instance, for instance, technical game is like a, a, a manuscript. You know, I had to go to, to resources to where I would have to learn it all over again and how to approach people, how to, how to become more influential, how to develop uh, a strong network, things like that. Now with these failed relationships, and this is first and the second, third is the charm. They say third, uh, a statistic, <laughs> they say that it is a companion that seemed to be the, the, the one you're looking for for marriage. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not there yet in terms of the, being married for the third time. Um, I hope that should it happen again, that it would be the last. Um, but I can tell you this, though, Shisho. Should it happen again, it would not be like the first or the second time. Um, and one of the philosophies that I do teach is that uh, love is infinite. Okay, so what it means to me is that your ideal of or your version of love is completely and totally different than the person 
that's next to you, or even the, the people who has been teaching you all your entire life. And so uh, take, for example, my father, who's been married five times. And at one time, he's had three wives. And so his version of love is completely different than, than what I believe in and what even what he teaches me. It's totally different. And so I also implement that into my coaching and I teach uh, men. I said, you know what? Love is however you want to design it. If you, if you want to be exclusive and if you want to be married to one person for the rest of your life, hey, that's totally up to you and that's your way of living it and that's, that's your choice. But if you choose to love you know, three, four people at the same time and if you have the capacity to do that, then by all means, you know, do what fulfills your heart and do within your, your power to live the life to its fullest. And also one of the fundamental rules that I teach in terms of uh, dating and game is that um, whatever that you do, make sure that it is what you want. And, um, and it's important that as a coach, I, I create a zero judgment zone, you know, I'm not here to teach religion. I'm not here to teach, um, you know, what is good and what is bad morals. I'm here to just teach social skills so that you can utilize it to, to design a life that is suitable for you. I know that's a lot to take in, but that's, that's <laughs> I'm gonna go back to your dad. And yes. you mentioned that he's been married five times. Was it a, le a, a lesson that you learned what, from your dad or he given down to you? One key thing. You know what? To be honest, my dad is, has some of the worst uh, dating or <laughs> relationship advice. <laughs> my dad is really old school. So he's, he's in his late 70s. And so uh, I have gone to him in the past um, with uh, relationship advice. And um, it's okay if I speak Hmong, right? Yes. And so um, the one advice or the one statement that my dad always gives me is, That's it. Translate that. Be a man. Yes. You were saying, be a man. Yes. So if you're and, saying, so that to me it's like, uh, if your dad gave you a purse, Guess what's gonna say? Be a man. <laughs> Dude, that's really pun intended. You know that, right? Like, yeah, you had a purse, and when you said be a man, you uh, just scratching your head, right? Yeah, it's it's it really is confusing to hear that, um, especially when um, you're, you know, especially when when I would go to him for to seek advice, and I'm expecting some form of wisdom to be passed down onto me so that I can better my relationships. But to hear that statement, to just to hear him say, "Oh, because you're not yet, because because you because you do what do call that whatever," I'm like, "What? That doesn't make sense. That doesn't help me, Dad. <laughs> help me." <laughs> so, it's, I mean, if it's harsh, if he's gonna, that's a really just, <laughs> it's just be a man. It's just there's almost that's like no zero advice. It's, yeah, <laughs> you gotta have to learn it yourself, man. It's Absolutely, no different from someone just like, uh, here's how to swim, and just throw you in the lake, right? <laughs> it's <just> like what? <laughs> like that? You kick me out of the lake, expect me to swim, you know? Yeah, throw me in the deep end too. <laughs> right, in the deep end too. Harsh, harsh. 
it's not the best way, but I'm glad with a lot of your experience, you have summarized a lot of that and, and it's now implemented to some of these individuals that comes for your help. Now, yes. now, where do you think the confidence is coming from? Like, just do it. Like, just do it. <laughs> and this applies to business or a relationship or this girl across the bar you want to talk to. I mean, just it's very general. Mm -hmm. Just do it. It's easier said than done. Um, to be honest, as a coach, the the nervousness and the butterflies in the stomach will always be present. Um, and viewing it from a bird's eye view, such as um, a third party, uh, take for example, like if you were my buddy and I were to, if you were to observe me to go to approach a woman at a bar or at a social event, to you it would be it would be very awkward for you. It would be very cringy for you to to watch it, because what you're really watching is a head-on collision, <laughs> and oftentimes it's sort of looks like that. Uh, but for me, the person doing the uh, approach and being proactive, I view it very differently because. Uh, obviously, I have internal intentions. I have a motive, and um, there's uh, you know you, there's usually a game plan behind it. But to answer your question, where does the uh, confidence come from? Uh, confidence comes from uh, the mother of of all skill, which is repetition. And so, practice enough. Uh, also, knowing what to practice It's a lot like martial arts. You know what I mean? Like you really can't just go out there and kick something. You really have to practice those kicks over and over and over again to a point where it becomes instinctual. It is part of who you are and, and, and it's, it's, it comes out, um, it comes out without uh, thinking about it. You know, it just, it just comes out when you need it to come out. Just like when you go to, when you go speak with uh, um, uh, any woman at a bar, you know, you don't go in there and say, you know, Oh, I'm going to use this pickup line and, and it's going to work. No, you go in with, a blank mind you actually walk in there blindly and you had you just have to trust of all those hours of practice that you've had and experiences that you've had uh, throughout the years of this and that's where confidence comes from mm. now <laughs> confidence and ego do, do they mistaken that for, or do you think women mistaken that for ego or coming on too strong yes Yes, uh, ego is a loose term that we often use in, in, in most of our um, conversations nowadays. Um, ego is quite the opposite of game um, because ego, when you put ego in your game, you have this high expect, expectation. Um, and I've learned this throughout the years of me approaching women. Whenever I have this expectation that, oh, you know, I already got her. Or, oh, I know I'm going to get her. That's my ego that I'm putting between myself and my objective. And whenever that happens, it's, I usually get blown out. Um, she, that person, that woman will, will normally notice it. They'll, they'll sense the vibe and they'll just think, oh, this guy's just an egotistic jerk. And he's just out here to just, you know, try to get in my pants, you know. Um, so whenever I do a cold approach, especially, I, I throw away my ego. I have to just crush it. I have to just say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to go out there and have a good time. I'm going to try to my best to be charming and funny and amusing. And that's it. No expectations. Take note, guys. It's coming <laughs> from the coach. These techniques that yes. you coach on, has it been successful for you? Yes, it has. Mm-hmm.
So again, that one kick has been kicking the same kick for a long time now. <laughs> well, it's not magic. Um, success is followed by a system. And so if you have a system, whether it's strategies, uh, theories, or philosophies, um, add it up all together and they equal success. And anything that is successful could be replicated. Anything that, it, whenever you have a system, a system could be taught and a system could be learned. Um, and so you may, even though um, pickup and relationships are very different and no relationship is exactly the same, but I can almost guarantee you that the outcome is very, very similar. And so mm. there's no guarantees in life, right? There's no, obviously there's no guarantees. Um, I can't, I can't say it. Well, if you do a steps, A, B, C, that you're going to result in success. No, what I'm trying to say is that, Hey, if you implement these ideas, you know, properly and with enough training and, and enough times, then you will eventually succeed. But in your way, it, your success is going to be totally different than what my experience of success is. But eventually, you will achieve a level of success. Now, in your observation, how has the dating game changed when you and I used to be on like Asian Avenue or like MySpace? Yeah. <laughs> or let's go way back. You and I used to write handwritten letters. Nowadays, yes. you and I, nowadays, kids just flick a phone to the right and <laughs> to the left on an app and then voila. Yes. Explain that. How has the dating game changed? The dating game has, has changed dramatically. Um, and to add to what you said, you know, I remember used to, I used to record cassettes of songs and, this, and send them off to girls. <laughs> Yo, man, that's pretty sweet, man. You want to record something and send one to a girl now? That'd be your chance. <laughs> you know what the that's big problem is? It's like, I don't have a cassette player. That's the bigger problem. <laughs> I know. I know. But to answer your question, um, the dating game has changed dramatically with social media because social media gives us unlimited and infinite access to anyone and, and anything at, the, at the, your fingertips. And so um, I think that social media is actually antisocial because you, you're so used to social media that you you know most people forget to practice the basic social skills like just going up like, like take for example if you go to a restaurant and the waiter waitress brings you the wrong meal um most people are afraid to speak up most people are afraid to say oh well you know what that person brought me the wrong my my wrong meal i didn't order this you know i'm not going to say anything because they don't know how to say it. <laughs> and that, that's some of the most basic, basic things, you know. So with that being said, we have women today who, mm -hmm. who are no longer afraid to initiate that dating game. I mean, texting mm -hmm. has taken over. Social media, like, for example, on Instagram, you see a, a beautiful girl on Instagram. And, and that's all she needs. Am I right or wrong on this? In terms of validation, yes. Um, validation uh, for, for most people, women especially, is it's like a dose of, of um, positive. It's like a happy drug for, for women. And so validation comes in form, in, in social media, validation comes in forms of 
of the amount of likes that they get per picture, per post, per whatever that they, you know, exploit, however they exploit themselves on social media. So if they get like hundreds and thousands or 10,000s of, of likes per their photos, there's no need for them to go out in public and to, to really meet live people or to have live interactions anymore. And to be honest, like if they were to be approached by people in public, they would actually shy from it or they wouldn't know how to react to, to guys like, like you and me, you know, like get genuine people who are out there to really meet them and to really get to know them of who they are and not who they perceive to be on social media. I've actually approached, uh, I've, I've experienced the women were in, you know, I've seen them on social media then, and then I greet them in person and they would literally do some crazy awkward stuff. Like they'll, they'll walk behind their friend and literally play hide and seek behind their friend. And, and it's strange to me. Eh? <laughs> These are grown women. <laughs> uh, dude, that's what I call hashtag real talk. Yeah, it's strange. Very pun intended on that one. Hashtag real talk <laughs> because it's just like they just don't know how to, not all, but some, you know, not to initiate or talk back because of a social media and just texting. Uh, I mean, the most awkward thing is you sitting across uh, from your date and you guys are texting each other. It's yeah. like, what the, you know, it's like you're texting each other, but you're not talking to each other. Yes. Awkwardness. I've never experienced that. First sure you haven't too, but that'd be something awkward. But hey, it always said on mixtape of your, of your, uh, something. <laughs> Uh, Shisha, I would like to add one last thing to that question. Sure. Was, um, it, I, I don't want to come off as somebody who's egotistic and have, I'm here to just bash on women. And I'm not here to say that women don't know how to act in public. Uh, what, I would like to, what I would like to add to that too is that uh, in regards to validation, um, us men have to take responsibility in it too because you know there's been numerous times where I, I'd observe a post, for instance, um, a post that would that would be on my news feed, and and here's somebody who a guy, for instance, somebody who who would respond towards this post in an educated or a very professional manner, and you know very uh, intricately describe you know what their thoughts are and and whatever whatever the details right. They've obviously invested some time in their response to this post. And then the following, the very following post, there's this beautiful girl. Her avatar is obviously, she's a very attractive woman. And she just says, oh, nice. And then she'll have like 50 likes on her, on her response. And all she said was, oh, that was nice. And then the, the person in front of her who really invested some time in that response will not even get a like or maybe even one or two likes. And I'm like, okay, well, we do it to ourselves as guys. Because we choose to validate these people that are maybe attractive or they have some sort of social status. And we choose to validate them. We choose to give them the hundreds and thousands of likes on social media. And we do it to ourselves. Because now in public, now in, in, a, in a human interaction, they don't know how to act because of us. Because we give them too much validation. Mm. Self-sabotaging. Self Mm. I'm uh, you and I are definitely siding with the women on this side for sure because mm-hmm. um, you're right about that too but why do you think it's so difficult for some men to approach a lady um, 
I can think of a couple of reasons. Um, because most men are afraid of rejection. And I think that's a genuine um, instinctual reaction. And it's, it's, a, it's, a na- it's a natural way of feeling is we're, we're generally afraid of, re- of rejection. Mm-hmm. What, sh- I mean, what should be an appropriate response to the lack of but a word, a rejection? A rejection? Well, you could, you could respond to a rejection by uh, what I call uh, misinterpretation. And so depending on the level of the rejection, if it's a soft rejection or if it's a hard rejection, I'll respond to a, any kind of uh, objection, a rejection in this case, uh, as misinterpretation. And so if I get a, like a soft no, I'll just say something like, I'll just say something like, oh, you know what, um, you know, I thought, I thought you were cool. You know, I thought you were a cool person. And so um, it lets her know that uh, I saw some value in her. And I, and I selected her above everyone else. Or if it was a hard rejection, like, 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 heck no, like get out of my effing face and stuff like that. I would say, whoa, 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 hands off the merchandise, girl. (laughs) You know, know, and, and kind of make it to where uh, the, the awkwardness is coming from her and not really from me, you know, to kind of flip the script and, 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 you know, put the awkwardness on her and put the, um, the, the, um, the social burden on her. But, you know, all these are kind of like tricks and stuff. But uh, I think the main focus here in terms of rejection, and this is what I do teach uh, guys, is that rejection is a tool. And the tool works for both parties. For women... Uh, especially beautiful women, they get approached by men consistently. And to them, it's like a broken record, you know? Imagine you're a beautiful woman and and guys just constantly will not leave you alone. You know, you go to work and guys at work hit on you. You go to, you go hang out with your girlfriends and girlfriend, and guys will come interrupt your dinner and come and try to like, you know, get your number. And it does get annoying. And so, they oftentimes have to turn away guys and oftentimes they, they might, they might be mean about it. Like they'll say, you know, F off, you know, you're annoying me. You're being creepy. Like, no, no is a no. And it's a hard no oftentimes. Um, and so there it's a tool for them to screen guys. Right. And so, um, it's good for them because it lets them know who are the weak ones from the strong ones too, because strong guys will push through it. Guys with high value guys will will understand that it is just a tool, and that they need to stick with they need to stick with their game plan and and plow through that no if it's a soft no, and then they'll be able to gauge you know whether it's soft or hard. So it's a tool for women. Now, how is it a tool for men? Because a rejection lets you know as a man to move forward. And again, if you were to approach a woman at a bar and she says no to you that's cool because now it lets you know that okay she's since she's not for me i need to move on but imagine this and this happens more than once and i'm sure you've experienced this too is what if there was a beautiful gar a beautiful girl anywhere at a gas station at the grocery store and you never approached her you never even had the courage to go say hi 
You've never given her the opportunity to tell you no. You'll always be thinking about what ifs, you know? <laughs> you'll, you'll continuously talk about her. You'll, you'll continuously bring her up and, and with your homies and, and at dinners. You're like, oh, man, I met this beautiful girl, but I was so afraid to go talk to her. And now I never know. I'll never know what happened, you know? So as a rejection, it helps you, too, in some cases. In your dad's advice, be a man. <laughs> yes. Go talk to that girl. <laughs> that's a horrible advice. That's not a, a bold advice. It's, there's nothing. There's no backing it after that. It's just, yes. a, yeah. So, <laughs> now, what, you know, of course, rejection has happened, you know, right off the bat or sooner or later for any guys. But if you fell, fell forward. And learn from that and be polite guys just be polite and you know don't be sworn up a storm because you got rejected just smile walk away and that's that mm -hmm. well guess what because there's another pretty girl right next to her too absolutely so now what are you hoping to accomplish with minnesota knights well it's a business like i said um it eventually will convert into a paid uh, program but for right now it's open um, it's open to the public and uh, I welcome all people, again, uh, all genders and all people from different um, statuses of their relationship, married, single, uh, committed relationship, open relationship. I welcome all people because um, learning about relationship, I think it's very, very important. And coming from me, this guy who's been divorced twice. I had to learn it the hard way because to be honest, had I known what I know now, my relationships would have been a success. And it wasn't until after the relationships have ended that I took, that I took the initiative and been more proactive to, to learn what the dynamics of relationship and what it takes to have a successful relationship. You know what I mean? So I'm going to dig even deeper. Sure. Make, make you, <laughs> make you really naked for a coach first. <laughs> failed relationship marriage yes. why well um if if um if you're familiar with the Hmong culture um it is common to marry young and so my dad my parents were married at a young age too and so uh my first wife we were married at the age of 15 and uh, you know at that age in in Laos and Thailand, at that age, you were considered a very responsible person. But here in, in, the, in the States, a 15-year-old is just a kid, you know. Um, I'd have to say that being 15-year-old, being 15 years and being, uh, being married throughout high school, that was a challenge in itself. And we faced a lot of, um, um, a lot of uh, trials and tribulations together. And we didn't know the answers to a lot of things. And, 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 you know, and I think that when you, when you're married at that age and by the time you reach a young adulthood, you become two different people. And um, in the end, that's what the relationship ended up being is because we grew up together. Yes. But in the end, we ended up growing into two totally different people. And so that's when we had to call it quits because, um, you know, our, our purposes in life were not aligned and we just weren't um, compatible. We do wish you the best. And now the second wife, 
Mm-hmm. What all happened there? The second wife, um, hers, my relationship with her was was more psychological. And so um, after my first divorce, you know, that's when I, I really learned, started learning about dating and having uh, to to develop social skills to go on dates and stuff like that. And then when I met my second wife, um, you know, I, I was very um, arrogant. <laughs> I was young. <laughs> I was somewhat successful at the time. And so when I met her, um, it was very unexpected. And to be honest, like I was only divorced for less than two years when I met my second wife. And that wasn't enough time for me to, to do a lot of soul searching and self-development. Um, so to be honest, like when I, when she came into my life, I was very unprepared. Um, um, but a little bit more about her and who she is. She's a super, super attractive person. And she was a model. Um, everything that you that you can envision as a beautiful, attractive young woman. She was it. She was youthful, very extremely beautiful, um, fit. She was intelligent. Um, she ended up becoming a CPA. So she was very uh, successful. Um, she, um, everything, you know, you're talking about alpha woman. She is the ideal alpha woman. And so um, in the end, um, I wasn't growing in a rapid fit in a, in, in, in a rapid pace to to be her equal and i know that sounds that sounds uh, pathetic and that sounds sad but for me it 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 ate me up it really did it it, it really it really destroyed me as a as a human being and and in a man uh, as a husband it really destroyed me because obviously she made a lot more money than me um, she was extremely, extremely beautiful. Um, and one thing that I like to say about beautiful women is that men, we all want to have beautiful women, but the truth is, the truth is, okay, from my experience with it, being married to a beautiful woman is whenever I go out in public, other men does not, do not respect me at all. Like, if, if I go out to like a, a club or nightclub or something, men would literally come in between myself and my wife. You know what I mean? Um, and so things like that, like you run into issues that most people has, have never even run into because being with a very attractive woman, you run into uniquely different um, social um, problems, really. A lot of insecurities too. I mean, I'll have to admit when I was married to her, I, w- I was very insecure. I was very insecure because I, she, obviously she was extremely beautiful and successful and I was just your average guy, you know? <laughs> so with my last relationship, my, my last marriage, I was very, uh, um, I, I placed myself so low and so beneath her. So it was more, more of a psychological failure. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us because i am definitely taking notes because i've i'm at a totally opposite end because i've never been married and would love <laughs> to be married one day so i'm definitely taking notes man to learn as we talk along with this episode um now with in the dating scene is there a difference between multi-dating and just dating no, there is no different. Um, I encourage you to date 
I encourage men to date uh, more women. Um, okay, so that just, but that doesn't feel so special for some. It doesn't, um, depending on what your frame is. So if I were to tell that to a religious person, they'll just nod their head. They'll be like, no, 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 no. Like that's, that's no sense of loyalty. There's no commitment there. Like you're, you're morally wrong and stuff like that. But if I were to tell that to like a person like my dad, who doesn't come from a religious frame and um, he totally gets it or he totally understands because by dating multiple people, you come from a frame of abundance. And so imagine this, like, Imagine if you were, um, if, if I'm going to illustrate something to you. So married men, I'm going to be honest, married guys are super confident and they, and they're super secure in terms of giving relationship advice. I get relationship advice more from married guys than single guys. And the reason why is because they come from a frame of abundance. They come from, they come from absolute security. Because why? They have their wife at home already. And they think that just because they, they have the experience underneath their belt and that they've already found, you know, what they were looking for, that, uh, that when, when it's time for them to, to like be social and to go out there and meet women, they're 100% confident because they come from a frame of abundance and not scarce, scarcity. And so... I encourage guys to go out there and date like one, two to five, or maybe how X as many women as you want to date, because by doing that, you not only get to have a, a variety or selection of people that you, you may and may not want to be with as a life partner, but you come from a frame of abundance. And let's say it doesn't work out with this person or this girl. Well, you have like nine other girls that you could, um, you can select from. You know, and that's not a bad thing. That really isn't a bad thing because dating doesn't mean that you're committed to anybody. Dating is is a is a case study. Like you're imagine you're a scientist and you're out there, you're having to do experiment, you know. We learn from these experiences and, and we, we collect data because we won't know if we like something or like someone or dislike or like someone until we actually go out there and experience it for ourselves. Do note, fellas who are listening on this line, <laughs> there is a difference between multi-dating and multi-doing. We are multi-dating <laughs> here. And that's what he is talking about. Multi-dating is to know each and every woman. Because these women have different characters, different mentality, etc. And you because our goal is to court one girl. That's the point. That the point is to court one girl. So just for instance, you're dating three women and they have different characters, but all said and done, you're like, you know what? I'm gonna narrow down to this woman here. She's a lot what I look for. She's attractive. And, and you're just like, you know what? This is it. This is this is the girl. And and court on, you know? Yes. So just to repeat that again for the guys way in the back, we're multi-dating, not multi-doing these women. Understand? So. For the listeners, don't be thinking we're players, but you listen to what he has to say about, you know, going out there and dating a few women just to see or coffee dates or lunch dates just to see where these women are. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to wrap things up, man. Any word of encouragement for the Hmong brothers out there? Long and sure. far. 
Yes. Um, one of the first um, ideas that I share with men is a core belief. And the core belief is you are enough. And you have to believe it. You just not say it as an incantation, but you have to believe it. You are enough to walk up to a total stranger. You are enough to walk up to a very beautiful, attractive young woman at a bar sitting by herself. You are enough. And you have nothing to lose. She has nothing to lose. So you play on an even plane with that person. And there's no reason why you shouldn't. You know? If you shouldn't, and then it is your loss. At the same time, it is her loss because you didn't give her that opportunity. She could have been the right person for you. You never knew. You, you'll never know. And so you have to believe that you are enough. And by believing that, you will do. Well, there is your word of advice, guys. Thank you so much, Super Sang and Minnesota Knights, for all the advice. We're going to wrap things up. Well, until then, next time. Later. Thanks. Well, that ends our episode for Dear Men. And I want to give a special shout out to ZPX for allowing us to use his music for this episode. If you haven't yet, check out us on Facebook at Mong Men Talk or our official website www.mongmentalk. And lastly, let's thank our sponsors. A life insurance consultant who also believes in building family values. She believes not only in investing in your future, but also investing in your present moment, creating time and memories with your family. If you have any insurance needs or any questions, please don't hesitate to call her at the link below. Also, a special thanks to DJ Peter for using his beats. You can check him out at YouTube.